Join spiritual feminist and empowerment coach Joni Advent Maher for Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. Listen in for intimate conversations about money, transformation, and feminine sovereignty. And now, your host, Joni Advent Maher. Welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher, spiritual midwife and transformational guide. I have a special episode, very unique interview for you today. Two years ago, I sent a Facebook message to a woman I met through my Facebook group, The Sacred Feminine Sisterhood. I was touched by the work she was doing, and I reached out to her to see if she would like support in sharing it. She actually, just about six weeks ago, received my message and responded to it all these two years later. In my message, I had suggested that she do some crowdfunding to support her work, and just before she received my message a few weeks earlier, she had begun a crowdfunding effort. You can't dispute that the universe does work in some very mysterious ways, and I believe it is always working on our behalf. So when we finally connected all this time later, I knew I had to have her on the podcast and share her story with you. Eladia spent the first seven years of her life in a matriarchal Aboriginal community called the Bird Isle in Oceanus. She later returned for nine years as a young woman just out of university And in the interim, she lived in the Western world in both Europe and Australia. She holds a unique perspective about the sacred feminine, having walked in both worlds, the ancient world of honoring the creative power of the feminine and the world of the patriarchy that she calls the consumer world. She's currently a PhD student in anthropology, living and researching in a remote area below the Himalayas in the land of the daughters. She's living with the Mozo people who follow the laws of the Dabus, or the grandmothers, who lead their society and carry on ancient traditions through their mother-centered families. Mass tourism and globalization are threatening the survival of their traditions and their way of life, and they could fade away within their generation or that of their daughters. So Eladia and her spiritual sister, Sadama, who is a Moso native, are currently working to prevent this by creating a guest house to support ongoing research of matriarchal societies and the archaic shamanistic role of women in these cultures. In addition, the guest house would be a space for women from all walks of life to find a refuge from patriarchy, to rediscover themselves in sisterhood, motherhood, daughterhood, and womanhood in general. Eladia has committed 
to sharing the wisdom of these cultures and women through her research and her writing. And while our lives in the modern world might be far removed from these practices and societies, I believe there is great value in reconnecting with these ancient, sacred, feminine roots on the planet. These two societies are holding a piece of wisdom for our human family. How are their prayers and practices and ceremonies supporting and uplifting our own awakening in this modern world? Listen to my interview with Eladia and find out. So, Eladia, I would love to hear about your project, your research, female shamanism, and, and, and everything. So I, I know we can't talk about it all at once, but, but where would you like to start? What, what feels important to start? Mm, I can start with saying that two years ago, um, I was escaping a terrible job in Vietnam where I was teaching English. Mm. And um, I went to my friend Sadama in this house that we want to transform into a guest house with the library. Um, and the idea was born during that autumn when I was living with her and her family. Mm. She, welcomed, she welcomed me like a sister, uh, literally. She said, you are, you are my sister and my parents are your parents and my house is your house. Mm. And it was very moving for me. Um, I was quite ill at the time. Um, and I didn't have a place to go. Uh, to go back home, it was too far. And from Hanoi, I just took this plane to her and she just welcomed me like this. So it was very, very regenerating. And and she she told me, why don't we why don't we make um a guest house in my house and and we can reunite all the studies about matriarchal cultures and uh, um, and be because you study so much about it because she knew I was studying about it and I've been studying about it I would say all my life uh, since I could read pretty much I've been mm. interested in in this subject because of the place where my sister and I grew up um, so. I, I said, yes, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I said yes. And uh, from that moment, I tried to think of ways mm. that I could do this. And I applied to do a PhD uh, in female shamanism, in anthropology, in female sham shamanism, in Asian Mozo cultures, or at least the hypothesis of it, because uh, officially, uh, there is no female shamans in Mozo and Ashi cultures, according to the to the like official Chinese point of view. Ah, and also yes, also to the, according to the local uh, official point of view that it's so it's um, I, I maybe I will go back back into this later, and. Um, and so I, because to, to make like a cultural association, I needed to be rooted in China and to have some kind of qualification to do that. Mm. 
I can't just say I come from a matriarchal society, so I can do that. Um, so I I applied to do this PhD, um, and I I was I was accepted right away. I was very lucky. Like hmm. I've been applying to PhDs for like four years, and huh. nobody accepted me. But as soon as I applied to Shaman University, I was accepted. Uh, by a female supervisor, um, and um, and so the journey started. So for the first, for the past two years, like that, one year was spent applying to the PhD because it was a lot, a lot of bureaucracy, and the second year it was spent in Xiamen University doing um, exams because in China you do a lot of exams to do a PhD. And uh, this summer I started the website and many, many women have helped me. Uh, so I'm very thankful for all the advice that I received. And it's still, it's still a work in progress. It's not like exactly how, I, I, there is still a lot of advice that I want to put in practice, but at the moment I don't have a computer, so I will do that <laughs> in the spring. Yes, it's a one step at a time kind of process you're in the middle of, isn't it? Yes. 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 So you are doing your PhD in China and the Mozo culture is in China. So are you saying that's part of why um, there are no females recognized as shamans? And I'm assuming that that is a, it's kind of a role of spiritual authority or authority in the culture to be a shaman. Am I right about that? Yes. Um, yes. I would say like that in the oldest uh, patriarchal um, communities, um, every woman was considered to be a shaman. And uh, Probably as times change the the reality this reality uh, and the patriarchal cultures mixed and intermingled with matriarchal ones, uh, probably only a part of the women uh, detained this knowledge. Yeah, but uh, I would say also that every dabu, the dabu is the grandmother that leads uh, the family. Every double has a link to the shamanic culture still today. If, even in like the everyday rituals, the fire that must never go off. Um, there is this fire, round fireplace with a round fire, with, with a round kind of cauldron that is always on the, on the fire. Yes. And it never goes off. And there is like all over um, Asia and Europe and the Middle East, um, in my previous studies about shamanism, like there is mm, all over time and space uh, evidence of female shamanism based on the cult of the eternal fire that yeah. has a very particular meaning. So I, this this survives, and also every day the dabus um, walk around the stupa. The stupa, uh, for who doesn't know it, it's um, it, it will be it can be found on the pictures of my crowdfunding page and on my website. 
but uh, there is uh, um, there is like this it's like it, it has a bit like the shape of a yurta it's like a warm 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 shape and uh -huh. it's made of stones and there is a there as well there is like a little oven that is uh, uh, lightened for the offerings and um, the women the double women every morning and every every sunset so at the at the times that symbolically represent in the days that symbolically represent the liminal state between yes. dimension yes they 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 walk in a clockwise direction so in the direction the clockwise direction is the direction to bring abundance and fortune well-being so they they walk in this clockwise direction with the um, prayer wheels uh mm, a tibetan mm -hmm. prayer wheels yes. and uh, they they also turn the wheel uh, in a clockwise direction and by doing this they are calling on the spirit on the good spirits of nature to bring abundance on the society and good fortune on on everyone which really reminds me of the role of the vestals uh, in ancient roma for instance um that in in decadence times of of uh, very <laughs> when patriarchy took over these rituals, it became like a, a state, um, a way to serve this, the Roman state, but originally it was something completely different, the Vestal rituals or the, the rituals of the little bears uh, in, um, in Athens uh, to, uh, dedicated to um, art, I don't know how to say this in English. Arte, Artemis Brauronia, maybe, and uh, also. Are, are you speaking of Artemis, the the, Artemis, the goddess? Yes, the, the goddess. Okay. The goddess. Okay, the goddess. Yeah, I'm Artemis. talking about yes. okay. this cause of eternal fire that were yeah. spread for the good yes. fortune of the society. Yes, that are spread all over Europe and what is today Europe? I mean. The wow. north and the south and the west and the east. Yes. So the roots go back that far. They're the, very, very ancient. Yes. Um, of the eternal fire. Yeah. The 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 cults of the eternal fires and of the cauldron. The cauldron really represents the the female uh, generative organs and uh, the womb, all the all that area. You know. Yeah. So between the, the belly and. The womb and it's like our creative fire that that yes uh, it's it's a creative fire of motherhood but motherhood that in patriarchal times you know like the fem the modern feminists often argue against uh, the idea of motherhood because patriarchy has reduced motherhood to a state of making children and serving men in society but motherhood in matriarchal societies was the power of giving dream, uh, giving birth to dream. Wow. So dream in the higher sense of reality. So this was the first aspect. So the priestesses often didn't even make children. They, they would be completely dedicated to give birth to dream. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so I did want to ask, um, as someone who has walked in both worlds, you you 
were a, a little girl in a matriarchal culture, and then you came into um, the Western world or the, the quote, civilized world, as they would say, where patriarchy is the norm. What What is important for us to understand as women who have not had your experience? Like we've only known growing up in patriarchy and growing up in a culture that is so far removed from what you're describing. Is there is there something you can tell us? Like, what is your message or what is your hope that we could understand? I guess my my first, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind when you say that, and, and where is the real breaking point um, in, uh, in every relationship I see and in every human contact I see in, in a patriarchally dominated society is that is missing. I mean, is I think that however we are all different, like flowers are different, leaves are different, um, we belong to the same tree, mm. uh, we belong to the same field, and there is really no difference between doing something good or bad, I say between quotation, quotation um quotation marks to you or, or others um it's really the equivalence like often i hear uh things like um i need to put myself first or i need to heal first before i can hear someone else and this is completely the op not even the opposite it's like in in uh, in matriarchal societies as as far as my experience goes um, there is a, this profound sense of equivalence. So if I'm doing something to help you heal, I'm actually healing myself. Mm. And all the um, all the healing work is not based on like the the shamanistic idea in of guru in patriarchal societies, where it's kind of figure that is on top of a mountain that can and he can never or she can never fall off from the top of a mountain like in this blissful state and therefore can help others to heal because she or he has already achieved uh, some some uh, absolute illumination like for us the illumination is the equivalence and uh, the um, the healing work between healer, like if, if you go to the healer, the healer will work on getting you to get your healer out and healing your, your wounds by working on hers, for instance, or, or on a, in, a, in a circle more, more likely. So it's like a really, I heal you by healing. I, I heal me by healing you. And vice versa. So, so the, the like, I just want to finish with yeah. the image. Yes. Like for for us, like the the ego. Yes. Um, it's more like us. I mean, I'm not saying that there is no ego and there there is a personal ego as as far as there is a human beings, but the the us. Like there is no I, it's us, like the epicenter of of oneself, it's the center of the circle. So we every 
every night we make this circle where we are hugging the shoulders of each other and then we let ourselves fall towards the center and if you fall towards the center in a harmonic circle like that where the the weight is spread through all of us then the the center of this of of you is the epicenter of the whole circle mm. 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 wow that's a, a beautiful image so it's much more focused on the we or the us as opposed to the individual I, it sounds like. Yes. And yeah. it, it, would it be correct to say that if you were to go see a healer, that in addition to them perhaps doing their own healing, and I would say maybe bringing you into what I would call like resonance, resonance with that healing or it, it it awakens your own inner healer is is that correct yes the, yes yeah. you are you are healing yourself by you you can work on the healer as you as she works on you it's like a mutual yes it's a mutual exchange and often it's done in circles of at least three people at least three people yes three women yes usually yeah it's done like in circles of three women usually at least um it can be done between two women it can be done but uh, ideally it's it's at least three to avoid the dualistic uh, kind of right relationship yes the the that dualism or the the either or or one maybe being superior over the other or something like that is that is that what you're saying yes there is there is a circularity like trees the first tribe tree three i mean even the word suggested yes. so it's uh, it's the number of the great mystery um like in other cultures as well there is this idea of the tribal goddess so tell me about that the tribal goddess so it's she that uh is the goddess of the we is is that right or how would you say yes it? it's of the tribe of the circle like uh -huh. there is no up and down there there is no hierarchies no hierarchies okay hierarchies sorry yeah that's okay <laughs> just want to make sure that people are, are really taking in what you're saying so so when I ask about your journey with the sacred feminine, that's a big, deep question. Yes. For you. So because what, we are talking. Yes. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, you, you go. No, I, <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say. I, I, I thought that was the question, but you are still completing the question. So no. I want to hear the whole no actually that that is the whole question okay <laughs> okay so because i i was uh talking about uh this uh this um this tribe that does that does not want to to be identified not to end like the mozo are ending today um I hope not ending, but the situation is a bit serious, I think, because of the tourism and globalization. Yeah. Um, the experience I had uh, there about uh, my return 
my 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 first return um it was it just occurred to me a couple of days ago uh because i was doing this work with another woman um and uh, when i returned there um i was i just started university and i started going for long trips at first and i remember that i i decided to go to university abroad so that i wouldn't have to be with my adoptive family and uh, i convinced my twin sister to do this with me to study abroad with me but she wouldn't want to she didn't want to go back to the berzaio the place that we call the berzaio and uh, and when i went back there i went on my own um it was like a, um, a big very big step for me to do something separate from my twin mm-hmm. um, because she she was me in a sense you know it was like separating from a part of yourself it was a huge step for me to 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 separate our wheels and uh, I thought now when when we leave home I thought when we left home I thought I'm going to to give birth to my new self. This is like the image I had in my teenager. I, I mean, I was still a teenager pretty much when I started university. So I thought I will I will get rid of from all the uh, horrible uh, experiences that I had in in a school and my adoptive family and 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 i will be rebirth and even if my twin is not with me i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and when i arrived there um i remember i was struggling uh, i didn't remember the language anymore and uh, and it was it was hard to take all, to take all that love in again you know like wow. when i came to lugo lake it was I remember the same feeling once I was one night we were going to a party and it's in the beginning of the video I make for crowdfunding these two women that were the mother of my friend Sadama and a neighbor they were walking and I was walking behind them in the darkness to go to a party and I hurt my leg and I couldn't walk anymore like my I had like this shatalji attack like that was in, like really sudden and they stopped and they didn't want to let me there alone it was very very overwhelming for me because they kept saying no go to the party don't worry and they wouldn't let me alone and this like was really emotionally overwhelming for me all this care you know mm. and when I went back there to the birth aisle when I was a teenager it was a bit like this but even even more because it was so overwhelming and I remember my grandma, mm. my grandma yes. is the woman that adopted us in a way into the community, my mother and my sister and I. Um, so and she can I interrupt sorry. for just a minute and, and sure, just sure. to make sure that people listening understand. So your mother brought you and your twin sister when you were infants to this Aboriginal community that was a matriarchal community, and they they held you. You lived there for seven years, and then you left, and so you're returning, and this is what you're, you're describing 
when you exactly. returned, their their love and care for you was so overwhelming. Yes. Yes, and okay. the love and care for everybody. It yes. was so different from, you know, uh, Italy or Australia or um, anything I experienced in the so-called Western society or societies of consume. Um, it was really overwhelming. And um, and my grandma and the woman, like the the eldest, yes. um, uh -huh. she 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 told me that I would have to say thank you. Uh, she I was like in uh, in a kind of I don't know the word in English now. I cannot think. Apprendistato. It's like it's like. You are learning from her. I was learning from her. Apprentice. She was uh -huh. kind. Of, yes, that word. Yeah. I cannot pronounce this word. That's fine. And uh, she she said you have to to say thank you every time you talk to a warm person. So a warm person is a woman. Uh huh. And you have to to. I'm just literally translating. Like you have to 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 say thank you every time you talk to a warm person at the beginning and at the end when you talk to them. Mm. And um, and so this meant that I had to say thank you all day, you know, <laughs> like, it was thank you, thank you. And at the beginning, and, and thank you there, it's like uh, the word that uh, is, um, it, it, it's it, it means great mystery thank you like you are mm. you're satan go which means great mystery and it means thank you like if mm. because some words can mean more than one thing and yes. it's like to acknowledge the great mystery in the other mm. whoever you're talking to mm. and she, she i asked her why do i have to do this because for me it was very hard and i needed to i mean it felt a bit silly Mm -hmm. And uh, because my, my sensory, my sensory ego felt a bit stupid to say thank you all day. And I didn't want that to lose meaning for me. So I, was, I wanted to kind of help my ego, rational ego to kind of tune in with what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So she said, because in, in your world, um, the womb people have been so oppressed. Mm. you know they're, wow. they're, so you need you need to get the balance back mm. so you need to thank the womb people so women and, are, uh, are so oppressed in in most cultures that bringing that balance was by honoring and acknowledging every time you spoke to a woman yes wow yes uh to kind of compensate i guess thousands of years of women, female oppression Wow. So and womb operation because for us the womb is very sacred, as as I was saying. Yes. So she she. So I and also I felt weird to tell her thank you because of course she wanted she was one of the women, and uh, and uh, you know because in I didn't have a Catholic upbringing when I uh, when I grew up in Italy and Australia. I mean. It wasn't. It wasn't like that. But I guess the Catholic culture is so much into part of mm. of, of the Italian culture mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. and and uh, in Australia maybe it's more a Puritan culture. But it's still this idea that you have to be humble as a woman, 
and uh, the fact that she was so uh, openly telling me that I have to thank her. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was kind of wild, you know. Yeah. So I did this. And um, even though at the beginning it was very hard and I felt ridiculous, I thought, what the hell, you know, it's not, it's not like uh, I, they asked me to cut my leg or something. They asked me to say thank you. So if I have a problem with that, there is a problem in me, I thought, you know. So I, I started to say thank you all day and it was just such a liberating flow of joy and laughter. Wow because everybody knew that I was doing that for that reason. Mm. So they were kind of, it was really hilarious as well. Wow. And it was really this feminine, really sacred, precious joy between all of us and and the male born. Mm. So this real honoring of the feminine and the the natural flow of joy that came out of that. Hmm so powerful the Mm -hmm. gratitude is so powerful Mm. and you said it's the it's also the womb that is venerated and honored uh in that culture and in that practice and it's yes we are the wombs we are the living wombs the living wombs right so again back to that creative cauldron or that creative center within us so, yes. Can can you speak a little bit about the experience of you you referred to the male borns so the the boys or the men that are living in that culture can you just share a little you bit know, about that? Yeah, yes. Them? The the outsiders uh in 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 the area mm-hmm. where this uh tribe exists today still. Mm-hmm. They sometimes refer to us as the Isle of Spirits, or mm. sometimes the Island of Women, because mm-hmm. they say that men don't exist there. Um, the, the reality is that men do exist in the sense that maybe in in Western society you you would define man, but for us it doesn't because men are in a sense women, like in our in our belief and spiritual practice and uh, tradition and yes I, I would say belief it's they are women who lost their womb wow um, wow wow so, so they wow. have to kind of uh, regain to regrow their womb uh, so that they can be one with Tamgu um, and uh, they have to regrow their womb uh, by becoming mothers, um, by becoming, so for instance, I make just a simple example. Mm-hmm. You know that like often like in youth, people think of traditional societies as somewhere where men protect women because men are stronger. Uh, but the reality, and I think like, I mean, as an anthropologist, I cannot claim this. I claim this as Ilaria, okay? Yes. Because the, a, a one example cannot be example for the whole matriarchal societies. Uh, and there is even a debate if matriarchal societies exist. I mean, academics don't accept, they do. So um, I, um, 
in in my in my understanding, I think that the idea that men are stronger and they need to protect women comes from a distortion of the matriarchal belief that men need to grow back their womb, and mm. because they need to be to do so by doing by being mothers, they they basically are mothers in the highest, they have to become mothers in the higher sense of risking their life to protect and feed the community. Mm. So they will go hunting. Mm -hmm. This doesn't mean that female cannot go hunting because they are weak, they can go hunting. But uh, for us, eating from nature, so eating animals because it's not a vegetarian society, mm -hmm. they they eat, you know, they. We, they eat now and when I'm in there, we eat what we can. So they offer themselves to Tangu. So Tangu can eat them or can give them food. And by offering their lives, by risking their lives to feed the community, they become mothers. This hmm. is just one of the examples so, of all the, yeah. the situations of most dangers where they like when we do the the women circles, yes. uh, men will make uh, an outer circle outside our circle. They mm. will make a, an outside circle, mm -hmm. and uh, they will not look at us. They will look towards the forest or the ocean or you know the nature. Mm -hmm. So they protect us. They are guarding, mm. but they are not looking into our rituals, and they but they are present at the same time. It's like uh, giving up the ego in a sense and being present in a higher sense as guardians. Yeah. And this is how they become mothers and they participate, but it's not an idea of possession. They cannot possess. Some some women can help them to grow back their womb also by making love, so sexually mm -hmm. and uh, on a loving sense. But not all the women of the society have this call to, to uh, help men to, to bail birth to grow back their womb. So some of the women are also preserving the intact uh, uh, tangu energy. So what uh, what this society calls uh, lesbians. Uh -huh. Is, uh, is not uh, an illness there, it's not considered like, I mean, I know that in modern times now it's widely accepted in Western society too, but it's not like a problem of some kind or it's really a sacred state for them. Uh, wow. And it's uh, wow. the, the women that really preserve the, the intact and whole Tamgu energy because we believe that the carriers of wombs are both carriers of yin and yang, as the Chinese philosophy would say, you know, yes. like of female and male. Because uh -huh. for us, the male born don't come, don't are not the carriers of of the yang energy. Uh, the female are like like the English word suggests a female. It's like or woman, like woman or yes. female. Yes. It's like this kind of hermaphrodite sacred goddess that can give birth. Wow. So it's a female, doesn't mean female in the modern sense of only female, 
like you know what i mean like yes, it's hermaphrodite it's it's hermaphrodite yes it's like a so whole, we are a what remains you are what we are what remains of the hermaphrodite and our sex uh, uh, in fact i mean even science is arriving to this conclusion that our sex has like our clitoris is like a tiny penis and in for us is um we are the carriers of the young and we awake the the young um in our shamanistic rituals and male born have to learn both yin and yang because for us you cannot make the day if you don't have night or vice versa so if if you don't have a theme like what you the yin okay i say the because it's less misleading to say yin and yang uh, if you don't have the yin, you cannot make the yang and vice versa. So the womb is dermaphrodite. Um, kind of great mystery or divinity. So it's it's uh, it's all in us. Yes. So it's my the way I might translate it would be just in that sense of of wholeness. It's the, the, the wholeness or the unity that holds both the, the yin and the yang or the, uh, the, the masculine and feminine, as we, we might call it in Western culture. Yeah, that... yeah, it's like, and for us, it's the circle of the women that mm -hmm. um, recreates the complete hermaphrodite. Uh, so we have parthenogenesis rituals we believe that the male born because they lost their womb they and they still live so they need the part of, in our creation in human creation so um they they are so their seed is like uh, a vehicle of tamgu and you can make babies with yes. that but also um we believe uh, like they still teach at puberty there is baby teach is not the right word but they still transmit this ritual because that is of parthenogenesis because they say that when there will be a time when we need to still remember where we will need to remember this ritual to to make uh, children in the old way it's called the old way so we believe that when the that there is women that are actually pregnant from these rituals um and that the babies that are born the fem are, are female and that they will be the eldest um so and it was very curious to to read the recently like some books about parthenogenesis uh, so because i wanted to can I clarify? It's it's parthenogenesis. Is that what you're saying? Parthenogenesis, yes. And Sorry. and it is no, it's fine. I just want to make sure that everybody understands what you mean when you're saying that. Like, what can can you can you break it down? And so it's a ritual. Parthenogenesis means uh, literally the genesis of the parthenos, like the 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 birth of the the virgins giving birth virgins giving birth okay so when a young man reaches puberty or when a male born reaches puberty then they are enacting this ritual 
Is that what you're saying? No, it's no. the females. The females. It's the only female. It's the only female ritual. Okay. It's the only female rituals, and uh, it's we believe that we can still give birth without a man. So we need to, to remember how to give birth without the man, because the legend goes that there will be a time when when we will need to give birth again in the old way. That and, is the parthenogenesis way. Ah, okay. And uh, there is a, wow. a, two books that I found that are very interesting and somehow refer to this uh, in many ways. One, it's Marian Wex, uh, Parthenogenesis Today. Mm. She's a German uh, author and, uh, and artist. And another one is... Um, the Cults of Parthenogenesis in Ancient Greece by Marguerite, Marguerite, uh, Marguerite, I don't know how, uh, Rigoglioso. And uh, she wrote, uh, she's, a, she's a PhD, I don't remember if it was like uh, maybe anthropology or history, but she did a huge, beautiful study about the Parthenogenesis rituals in Greece. Mm. And they have so much in common. Is so much in common in the things that she writes with our beliefs, even if it's very far the grace from this place. Yes. Wow. That is that is fascinating. Uh, so I I do want to ask you because I I know you and I had had some dialogue before this conversation. Uh, just the role of and relationship of money in in these cultures, or it would seem that money is is not really valued or an aspect, but you had a perspective on it that I thought was really useful and interesting. So can you speak to that again as someone who has walked in both of these worlds? I think uh, uh, money, I mean, there is a, there is a study by... Abu Dallah Talan, uh, that is called Gilgamesh. He talks a bit about this in a very clear way. I think he talks about from a very like so non-spiritual point of view. He talks about uh, the passage from matriarchal societies to patriarchal, and how uh, money comes into being. So it starts. It all starts from the accumulation of resources and the, pos the possess of women and land and children um, and animals, unfortunately. So there is uh, this, uh, this, this kind of uh, what I would call theft from mother nature, this mm. human theft from mother nature that mm. becomes a accumulation to a level that He's so it's so much accumulation. He needs to be. It it, it, it becomes like the, 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 this is where the, the need of money comes into being when you need to trade to trade Accu accumulated um, beings or items or whatnot resources. Yes, and you need to trade. Yes. So it comes with uh, the mercification. Can you say this in English? The mercification, the trade, like when you, uh, when you mercenary, based in the word mercenary, is that what you mean? 
by um, trading let me just let yes trading uh -huh. it's about them um, i just check the translation as we talk um commodification oh so commodity yes making yes. people and animals and things into commodities yes exactly yes uh -huh. Uh, I, I gave like the literal translation, <laughs> like <laughs> I invented the translation. Um, so the commodification. So he talks about this and he says like the first uh, oppression was the oppression of women before the oppression of classes was the oppression of women. Mm. And um, I really think that, I mean, it's I, from my point of view, it's not opinion, poll. it's like, it's uh, it's really the symbol of what it was stolen from Mother Nature, and uh, now the idea is you make money usually by serving uh, the system and uh, the, the the patriarchal system, and and you get you get a bit of money to for your for a little freedom for an individual freedom, but it's not. It's not uh, like you don't need to belong and respect the land in mm. order to live. You can just make money. So um, this is, and uh, my personal experience with money is very difficult because of this, uh, because I mean, money can be turned back into nourishment. Nourishment, um, yes. If, yes, I think, I think money in the society we live now, it's necessary. It's, it's money energy. It's, it's necessary to live. Necessary, And I yes. think it, it's necessary. Um, maybe it will not be necessary for still very long, but at the moment it's very necessary. And, um, and it can be turned back into nourishing energy, I think, by, by sharing the excess with starting from the women that we meet and uh, in our everyday life, uh, the projects that dedicate to that. But also like you maybe asked me the other time, like you were asking me about my personal experience and my personal experience, it's, I don't know if it's a knot or if it's a, a spiritual experience that I need to portray for longer. I was adopted by a very rich family mm. and uh, money was was something that they had, but uh, we didn't have. So we were often hated for the money, like from the people who worked in the house, but we didn't have this money. And, and it was always uh, like a kind of threat, of a, of a threat, the fact that we were adopted and that we could be sent away somehow. There was this kind of, mm. of threat with money. So for me, it was quite traumatic, my mm. relationship with money mm. and uh, with, with nourishment, therefore, because in this society, you need money to, to live. To survive, so it, right. Yeah. So when my sister died, I, I was back in Europe four years ago. Um, I had this experience 
I would say of the zero in the tarots, you know, this in the tarots, the zero is the mad woman, this this in, mad woman that uh, represents the primordial cows. So and, in the tar tarot cards, is that what you're speaking of? Yes. Yes. I'm okay. talking about the tarots. Uh-huh. And uh, she she represents very much, in my opinion, the beggar. In uh, in Greek in Greek cultures or in Greek mythology or in in Celtic Celtic uh, mythology, like this goddess that uh, or God can be that comes into into the form in the shape of a human being, mm -hmm. and she she will see straight into into the heart of people because when you have nothing, people tend to not respect you often. If uh, they don't have respect for life, they don't respect the beggar. And uh, in, in, many in many myths, there is this figure of the beggar that goes from this, goes around, wanders around the streets and she or he can see into the, into the human hearts based on whether they welcome in their, welcome her in the house or not. Uh, and, and how they treat her. And uh, like in, in Celtic myths, there is a beautiful Celtic tale that was translated by Ella Young. And it talks about this beggar, that this old woman that is sitting on the edge of the road. And she really represents the deity, the, the goddess of the land. Mm. And this Irish king is passing by and she says, um, I don't know. I don't remember now, but it was like, give me what, what would you, what can I do for you lady? And she says, well, I'm a lost, uh, I want, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a queen who lost her kingdom and uh, I would like, uh, horses and land. And I don't remember, but she asked like for almost impossible things, <laughs> but they always granted to her. So there is really the, wow. The, the the recognition of these young kings to the goddess of the land that survived for a long time in in Ireland, I guess. Yeah. And in the it, I mean, it's very present in the myth. So for me to to be this mad lady in some way of the tarots of the zero. Yes. Um, it was a very expanding but also painful experience, I guess. So yes. I, I got to see very straight into the, one time a, a friend of mine, she, I had pneumonia and my stove had broken down and she had me in her house to finish the treatment. I was taking antibiotics uh -huh. because there was no other way uh, that I know of. Um, so I was, I was taking this Western medication and she got me, she accepted in, in her house and she said Ilaria you know it's it must be hard for you but you you are going around like um, with empty hands mm. and uh, and you you knock on a door and you see if it opens and and she reminded me how precious this time was wow well I'm I'm also quite struck by the fact that this project that you're working on is is about it's a guest house. 
So it is a house that's open and welcome for guests. So it's it's it is like a way that you are well you will be welcoming those who are seeking a place to go for sanctuary or a, a place to go to learn. Um, so that seems very important to me. Yeah. In in your role. Yeah, like my grandma. Yes. Is there more? My grandma used to say, you need to give what you need. Mm. Wow. Wow. So I, I also want to add that from my uh, perspective, and this may be my experience or my, my own personal philosophy, you know, as you were talking about the peace around the money and that it really was born out of this betrayal or, or denigration of both uh, the earth and of women. But it, it seems to me as our, as in the world these days, uh, the feminine is rising through so many women who are waking up to the sacred nature of the womb and of of the feminine that that we are bringing a kind of healing like a restoration into the world of money so to speak the energy of money that we are doing some transformation of that just by as you said like sharing um, whether it's sharing the the wealth or research that I have heard is that most women do not uh, aspire to having money for the sake of money, but it's really about the impact of what they can do with it, going back to that idea of being nutritive, nutritive or nourishing to others. So that seems important to me, particularly as part of what we're here to talk about today is this crowdfunding uh, opportunity and an opportunity for women and men to support this guest house and to support this work of of remembering like keeping that cauldron light keeping that fire going uh, but but in a way that is welcoming uh, whether yes it's, yeah whether it's the um, Oh, I'm blanking on the word. I want to say hag, but it's that's not the right word. The mad woman, like the 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 old mad woman or the beggar woman. Uh, it, it seems really beautiful, like the circle that I can see that's being created through your work and all of this. <sighs> so that that's what I'm receiving just as we're talking, and I'm I'm hearing hearing this i really i really agree with you about uh, also the transformation that women are doing with the money energy and i'm trying i mean for me it's a it's a painful spot and uh, i'm trying to work on on my relationship with that um yes but i really believe that yes the healing it's through 
through giving. So I put all I have uh, at stake for this research, for this PhD, for living in China, mm. for doing this. And um, I, I trust uh, myself and every force that is sustaining this project. Um, my friends and that are with me in this project, and they, I, I trust this, and I, I believe that the healing is really in the. What you were saying, like also, like if I had the money, I would definitely uh, use it to for the healing of, right of the earth for the whole, right for the well-being of. Of to whether, nourish. Yes, nourish. to nourish, exactly. So along those lines, if someone wanted to learn more about um, about your work, to learn about this project, the Guest House Project, I know that they can go to your GoFundMe page and they could go to GoFundMe and then in the, the search bar just put in womb, like uh, womb, W-O-M-B, home, H-I-H-O-M-E, womb home, and they could access it there. And then you also have a blog. A website blog. A website so part blog. part of a website. Yeah. Right. And the can you say the, um, the address for that as well? Yes, it's www.wombhome.wordpress.com. Yes. So again, it's wombhome.wordpress.com. www. So wonderful. And there, there is like a blog part with like the posts of of who wants to contribute. So anyone is welcome to send us experiences that they they believe we could could be helpful to share. Ah. We want to give voice to whoever want to whatever like to women to warm women to warm people who want to be who want to find like the purpose of us is to give back there is to give back the voice to to raised voices yes yes to yeah to uh i would say uplift or share women's voices exactly Yes. yes. So we do need to bring this to a close. Um, I, there's so much more we could talk about, and perhaps we'll get to do that another time. But I, I want to say thank you, Eladia, for coming and being with us today and sharing your wisdom and your experience so generously. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mm. My my great pleasure. And I, I too want to thank you, our listener, for spending this time with us and to remind you, as always, to trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. 